just mentioned that uh, it's so important uh, to be available to serve the Lord, to do whatever God wants you to do. And I appreciate these girls uh, coming tonight to sing and uh, just being available to serve the Lord and, and uh, just making ourselves yielded to the Lord. Whatever God wants, uh, whatever God asks at any point, that we would so be committed unto the Lord that we would be willing to do that at any point. And so uh, it's good memories, uh, these guys and girls that uh, build by just serving the Lord, being involved in plays and skits, and uh, I'm blessed to see. And that's our prayer, and that's been our, our desire to raise up an army for Christ and to raise up a next generation that will carry uh, Valley Bible Baptist Church on, that uh, will move forward uh, to the next step and uh, just take the church on to the next generation and the next generation and oh how needful that is and uh, so I, I'm seeing what God is doing raising up leadership and uh, raising up those that uh, will sing and preach and uh, be available to take up offerings and do whatever God wants and be available at any point serving the Lord Jesus Christ let's go on our Bibles tonight to the book of Joshua chapter 3 Joshua chapter 3 I like being in church glad you're here in church tonight and it's just good to be saved good to have a church that uh, we can be a part of uh, what we are, are dealing with here tonight and uh, it's been a while since since I preached on Wednesday nights we've had missionaries and preachers and been blessed by that and uh, but we're going to get right back into uh, kind of the uh, series that we were doing we we dealt with the wilderness journeys of the children of Israel and uh, now we're on the brink of the promised land and uh, we're going to be dealing with conquering the promised land and here tonight again some of the preparations uh, before entering into the promised land and uh, as we get into this, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Joshua chapter 3, would you stand with me as we read the Word of God this evening, Joshua chapter 3, and uh, reading here together. I want to read these first uh, verses of this chapter. We're going to be looking at a lot of thoughts from this chapter, uh, but I want to read just these first, uh, first verses here. Uh, verse number 1, Joshua 3, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When you seek the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And as you read on through this chapter of Scripture, you'll find that uh, the, the point came, God said to the priests, they were to step into the, into the Jordan River. As they stepped into the Jordan River, uh, God withheld the waters from above, from the waters below. Uh, the children of Israel, again, very similarly to the Red Sea, uh, went across on dry land. God worked a mighty miracle in their midst, and they passed over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And so we're going to look uh, again tonight at some of the preparations for entering 
into the promised land and what God has for you in your life. And we're going to be, as we move through the promised land and we're conquering enemies, uh, we're going to learn how to gain victories in our life and how to live on the victory side of the Christian life, how to live above circumstances, not below circumstances, and how to, to live in your Christian life such a, a way that uh, you are victorious and not defeated. And God wants victorious Christians that are mightily used of Him. And that's what we'll learn in marching through the promised land. As we go to the Lord this evening in prayer, ask the Lord for His help tonight. We need Him. And Father, I thank You for Your presence in this place. And Lord, even as these girls sang tonight, that You would abide with me. And Lord, that You would do so tonight. And we know that Your presence is here. And Lord, that You have brought us together, that this is Your church. And Lord, this is Your Word. And we pray by your spirit that you would speak your word to your church. And Lord, that you would uplift your name. And Lord, just I pray that an eternal work would be done in this place tonight. We need to hear from heaven. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. Now let me just review a couple of, of thoughts here for us tonight that kind of really help us as we deal with our message tonight. Now we've seen the promised land as a picture of the victorious Christian life. Uh, Jesus stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse number 10, I am come that they might have life. Now, it's my conviction, it is the will of God for every single person to be saved. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ died that whosoever would come to Christ would be born again, would be saved. And it's through that new birth that an individual is saved. That's life. And once a person has life, and once they're saved, that can never be taken away from them. That is secure, never to be lost. It is eternal. God calls it everlasting life. But sad to say, many who have genuinely been born again, that's all they ever find. They never come to the victorious Christian life. Uh, they, they basically just exist as a Christian. There are many Christians that are, are just living. They're just existing. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, that they might be saved, and that they might have it more abundantly. That's the victorious Christian life. Not just to be saved, but to be fruitful and useful in your Christian life. God wants you to come to the place of bearing fruit for Jesus Christ. It's God's will for every child of His to be a fruit-producing Christian. Uh, God wants every child of his to be able to have answered to prayers. Uh, God wants uh, every child of his to be able to live above circumstances and uh, to gain victory in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's the abundant life. That's the spirit-filled Christian life. It's the Christian life lived in the will of God. Now there are many Christians outside the will of God that are just existing. God wants you in His perfect will. And God wants to fill you with the Spirit and God wants His power to flow in and through your life. That's God's design for every child of His. Now He expresses in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. 
For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, in that passage of Scripture, uh, the rest spoken of is not of salvation. He's speaking to his children. He's speaking to those that are already saved by grace, and we don't labor for salvation. Uh, You don't work to get saved. You simply believe. You simply trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by God's grace that you're saved. But after salvation, the Bible says we labor to enter into that rest or that perfect will of God, that promised land, so to speak, that God gives to us. And in the book of Hebrews, he's speaking of the children of Israel who have come out of Egypt. They've been baptized in the Red Sea. Uh, They've wandered through the wilderness. And now God is speaking of laboring to enter into that rest, the promised land, the perfect will of God for their lives. See, beyond salvation, there is a victorious Christian life. There is a life that is wonderful to live. It's wonderful to be a Christian. It's wonderful to be in the will of God. It's wonderful to know the blessings of God upon your life. That's a wonderful thing. It's wonderful to be a part of a church. It's wonderful to be faithful and active in church. It's wonderful to be able to go out visiting and telling people about Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing to live the Christian life. It's not boring. It's a precious thing in the will of God for your life. But many Christians never enter that. They never know that. They just exist. So what we're going to look at tonight is this desire of God for each of his children to know that abundant life. And we're going to look into some of the preparations here in the book of Joshua as we enter into the promised land. Some very important things that God wants for you. Now there are many that want the abundant life but they're unwilling to pay the price to have the abundant life. They're kind of like the young man that uh, went out and he was uh, knocking doors uh, for a job. And and so this boss asks this young man, are you looking for a job? And the young man says, well, not exactly. I'm not looking for a job. I'm looking for a regular paycheck. And that's kind of what a lot of people, they want the paycheck, but they don't want the work that goes with it. And a lot of people want the abundant life and the blessing of God, but they don't want to pay the price that comes with the abundant life and what God has, that land of rest for them. So let's examine some of the thoughts here in Joshua chapter 3. If we're going to enter into the promised land, there are some things that have to be a part. Okay, notice here in verse number 1, they were directed to the Jordan River. Let's read this again, chapter 3, verse 1. They were directed to the Jordan River. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. Uh, You go back with me to chapter 1 and verse number 11, and you'll notice here what God said to the children of Israel. Joshua chapter 1 verse number 11. And here were the orders of the commands. He says, pass through the host... And command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan, to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Now in chapter 3, they remove themselves, they come to the edge of the Jordan River. Now God promised in chapter 1, he said, Within three days you shall pass over this Jordan. At that time of the year, the Jordan River, as we read later in this chapter, overflowed its banks. 
Uh, and so that would tell us that at this time of the year, the Jordan River would be swollen, it would be deep, it would be dangerous. Uh, it would be a difficult uh, task to take this huge uh, uh, congregation, two and a half million people perhaps, uh, babies, animals, the weak, uh, very difficult to take them across the Jordan River. Now God simply said to them, within three days you're going to pass over the Jordan, and God didn't tell them how they were going to get across. He simply told them, I'm going to take you over three days. And so now here in chapter 3, verse number 1, in faith, they positioned themselves by the Jordan River. And here's what I want you to get out of this tonight, is if you're going to enter the promised land, you have to simply bring yourself to this place of obedience. You see, it's God's job to show you the way, but you need to put the path or in the position where God can bless, where God will fulfill. You may not know all the details, and your job is not to know the details. Your job is not to know how you're going to get across. Your job is simply to put yourself in that position where God can take you across. If God wants to build two and a half million boats, he can do that. If God wants to dry the water, he can do that. That's God's job. Your job is to obey him and to be in the position that he wants you to be, by faith, to position yourself. Now, you're going to look at this, uh, and, and let me just, just point out a, a thought here. And, and I want to chase a rabbit. Uh, I, I don't like to chase rabbits, but this is a juicy rabbit that we're going to chase here tonight. I, I want you to notice this uh, in, in verse number 1, Joshua 3. It says, Joshua rose early in the morning. He rose early in the morning. Now, I want you to follow a thought here. Uh, Joshua, by rising up early, is putting himself in a position to be obedient unto God. Uh, this was the habit of Joshua. Go to Joshua chapter 6, verse number 12. Joshua 6, verse number 12. And you notice here, Joshua rose early in the morning. Uh, go to chapter 7, verse 16. Joshua 7, verse 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning. Uh, go to Joshua chapter 8 and verse number 10. It says, And Joshua rose up early in the morning. Uh, it seems this was a habit of Joshua. Uh, Joshua is putting himself in a position, rising early, to be where God wants him to be, to position himself in the will of God. Now, here is what God will do sometimes. Sometimes God will lead you only a step at a time. Okay, God brought them to the edge of the Jordan River. Uh, he doesn't give all the details at once. It is in obeying God that he gives further steps. It's as they come to the brink of the Jordan River, then God tells them the details as to how they're going to get across. A lot of people miss the promised land because God gives a direction and instead of trusting God and putting themselves in that position, the thought is, well, how am I going to get across the Jordan River? How am I going to cross that with two and a half million people? And not putting themselves by faith in that position, missing the promised land. Now, the Red Sea was not parted until they brought themselves to its shore. The Jordan River was not parted until they brought themselves to the shore. And there are some blessings in our lives that will only come as we put ourselves in God's path. Now, I want to take you back to 1988. I've given this testimony uh, before. It was January of 1988. Uh, God had put upon our hearts uh, Española, New Mexico. Uh, I did not know how that was going to come about. Uh, Brother Whitehead 
in Santa Fe had suggested that I visit a church service. We came to Valley Bible Baptist Church, did not know anyone, uh, just popped into a church service, uh, heard an interim pastor preach that day. Uh, what I was doing, not knowing how God was going to part the waters, not knowing anybody here, I simply came to a church service believing that God was going to place us at Valley Bible Baptist Church in Española, New Mexico. Didn't know how, but in obedience to God, I positioned myself by the Jordan River, so to speak. And then it was in obeying God that God parted the waters. And God, in March of 1988, opened the doors for us to come to Valley Bible Baptist Church. Now, there are some times you simply obey what you know God wants you to do now and then depend upon God to part the waters the rest of the way. You say, I want the promised land, but I don't want to be faithful in church. You're never going to have the promised land. I want the promised land, but I'm not going to take the time to read my Bible every day. You're never going to enter the promised land. I want the promised land, but prayer is too hard. You're never going to enter the promised land. I want the promised land. I just don't have time to tell others about Christ or to go soul winning. I want the promised land, but I'm not willing to tithe and give up my offerings. You see, you want the promised land, but you're like the young man. You want the paycheck, but you don't want the work that goes with the paycheck. See, there are, there are guidelines. There are places we have to position ourselves in if we're going to know the full blessings of God for our life putting ourselves in that path of God's blessing so they were directed to the Jordan River now as they came to the Jordan River notice in verse number three of Joshua chapter three they were directed to follow the ark and this becomes very important if we're going to enter the promised land in verse number three and they commanded the people saying when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and, what does he say, go after it. They were directed to follow the ark. Now, you'll notice here in verse number 3, this ark is called the ark of the covenant. And the ark of the covenant represented the very presence of God in their midst. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant represented that God was with them. Kind of interesting here as you read this passage of Scripture. The Ark of the Covenant was sent ahead of them. And that Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God simply had the priests by their side. And uh, there were no soldiers, no warriors. And the picture is given that that Ark of Covenant was able to defend itself. And as they would march into battle, the Ark of Covenant, the very presence of God, God needs no protection. The very presence of God would go before them. And so if God be with us, we need not fear evil that might come our path. That Ark of the Covenant not only represented the presence of God, but that Ark of the Covenant represented the very word of God in their midst. You see, God had a covenant with the children of Israel. They were his chosen people. And God had said to the children of Israel that he would bring them out of Egypt that he might bring them into the promised land. God had clearly given them that promise and that word. And if you remember, within that Ark of the Covenant were the tables of the law. It was God's commandments written by God upon the stones. And those covenant or that commandment, those commandments were placed into that Ark of Covenant, the very word of God. 
And so the Bible says when you see the ark move, you are to follow that ark. And the picture was they were to follow the presence of God and they were to follow the word of God. And that is the key to the abundant Christian life. You want the promised land. You want the abundant Christian life. God's spirit and God's word will guide you to that promised land and you must be obedient to the spirit of God and to the word of God as he guides us. So important for us to obey God's leading where he leads, I will follow. Now just some important thoughts. I want you to look here at verse number three. And in verse number three, you'll see here that the priests were to bear the ark. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord God and the priests and Levites bearing it. The priests were the preachers. They played the position of the preacher. And the calling of a pastor, I believe, is to bear the word of God before the people, holding forth the word of life. And so you get the picture here. The priests were bearing the ark. They were bearing the very word of God. And the word of God is the key for that abundant Christian life. Now, verse 3 again, the people then were to follow the ark. So the priests were to bear the ark, the people were to follow the ark, and verse 3 states, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And again, we must resolve never to forsake the word of God. You want the promised land, you want the blessing of God. Uh, This book must be the book of your life. And you must determine by God's grace to follow this book. And to make this book the guide, the lamp of your life. Uh, The word of God is the lamp of my feet, the light of my life. I'm to follow the word of God. Always follow God's word by faith, knowing the word of God is always right. Now, interesting thought here. Look in verse 4. As they followed. They followed it at a distance. He says, yet there shall be a space between you and it. About 2,000 cubits, this would be just a little over a half a mile. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. Now, remember this was the dispensation of the law, and there was still a darkness. Only Moses was allowed on the mount to receive the law. And only the high priest was to enter into the Holy of Holies once a year. And so there was this sense of uh, that very presence of God could not be entered into. But you know after Christ's death, the wall of the temple was rent in twain. And we are today invited into the very presence of God, to the very throne room of God. And the word of God tells us, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, they followed the word. This is very important. This is worth underlining. Look in verse 4 again. They followed for direction. In verse number 4, the latter part says that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. How do you know the way to the promised land? How do you know the way to God's will for your life? How do you know that? You know that by following the word of God. God's word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and it's God's word that gives direction uh, to our lives through his word. That word of God leads us in the path of the victorious Christian life. But notice the statement in verse number four. For you have not passed this way heretofore. This was new territory for them. They've never crossed the Jordan River. 
They've never come to this place of entering into the promised land. They've never had to fight the giants, the Anakims of the promised land. Uh, there are many things that they had never faced before. They had never come this path this way before. Does that sound familiar? How many of you, when you got married, uh, knew exactly what to do? You've never passed this way heretofore. How many of you have made mistakes? Don't have to raise your hands. But you know the Word of God tells you how you can have a marriage, how you can put that marriage together. Well, I remember bringing Andrew home from the, we had Andrew in a birthing center, and I remember bringing this little baby in the home, and, and uh, see on the farm, the cats, they were born, their eyes were closed, and Andrew's eyes were open right from the very beginning. And uh, I didn't know what to do with a little baby. And how do you change a diaper? How do you, how do you deal with a baby? And when the baby cries, what do you do? And all, all of those things. I'd never passed that way heretofore. But here's what God dealt with my heart about. My job as a father was to walk with God. And the greatest thing that I could do for my family was to set a testimony of a dad that was real in his relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that I didn't know, but I knew this. I wanted to lead my family in the paths of God, in the paths of God's word. And that's a path I'd never gone before, never crossed before. And, and marrying my wife, it's a path I'd never crossed before. And I didn't know how to be a husband and what to do. And uh, there are things here in the Bible that guide us in what we're to do. And uh, there's going to come a point if the Lord tarries his return uh, that we will pass that valley of the shadow of death. And it's a path that we've never crossed heretofore. And the Word of God is going to be the lamp that's going to lead us across to that other side of that Jordan. And this Word of God is going to be something I've never died before. Don't know how to face that death, but I do know this. I've got a Bible and a Lord that will guide me through to the other side. And that's a path that God gives unto us. And that's a principle that the Lord sets. And so they were directed to the brink of the promised land or to the, they were directed to the Jordan River, they were to, by faith, depend upon God, and then they were directed to follow the ark of God's word. Now this becomes very important in verse number 5. In verse 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So they're directed now to sanctify themselves. The word sanctify means to cleanse, to purify, to make holy. They were to cleanse themselves. They were to purify themselves. They were to bring themselves to this place of holiness and separation. Now that would mean a confession of sin. That would mean they were to get along with God. They were to prepare their hearts for the promised land. Uh, that would mean a turning from sin. This would mean a true repentance. It, it would be kind of like this. You're to go into your house and you are to begin in the living room and cleanse that room and then you're to go into the bedrooms and cleanse the bedrooms and to the kitchen, to the closets and every room of the house to sanctify it, to cleanse it. And this is what God wants from your heart is God wants you to sanctify yourselves. You want the promised land the promised land comes with being a pure vessel, uh, letting the Lord search your heart to know you, uh, letting the Lord uh, have his way with you, surrendering every area of that house and that life unto the Lord, putting yourself in a position to receive the blessings of God. Do you realize it's sin that keeps us from the victorious Christian life? And so if we're to have the victorious Christian life, we've got to deal with sin. 
There's no other way about it. Got to deal with sin to enter into that holy of holies, into that promised land. If we truly want all that God has for us, we need to be willing to allow God to have every part of our lives, every area surrendered unto him. To sanctify means to take a broom to those rooms of the house and cleanse them step by step, sweep each area and allow God to have full control of the life. So they were to sanctify themselves. So you'll find out uh, here entering the promised land, these preparations, first of all, they come to the brink of the Jordan River. Uh, They obey, not knowing how they're going to get across. And then they're directed to follow the ark, the word of God. And now they're directed to sanctify themselves. Now look in verse number 8, they're directed then to cross the river. He says, And thou shalt command the priest to bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Verse number 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. And verse number 13. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. Isn't that neat? Wouldn't that be neat? You watch here the children of Israel, the ark enters into the Jordan River. And as the ark enters into the Jordan River, uh, as their feet enter the Jordan, the waters from above are cut off from the waters beneath. God worked a miracle. And the waters from above began to stand up on a heap. That's a miracle. Wouldn't that be neat to see uh, just watching that? I think someday we'll get to pull the screen down in heaven and get to watch this miracle as God worked this miracle. Let me state this. I believe it just like the Bible said it. I believe in a God that spoke the world into being. And I believe in a God that had the power to part those waters and to make it just as he said that he would do so. We go to verse number 15. And as they that bear the ark were come into Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks at that time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a very heap far from the city Adam, and that is beside Zeraton. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. They didn't build a dam. God put that wall there. And God cut off the waters and God worked the miracle. There was no human explanation for it other than God did it. And can you imagine this group of people that had the privilege of witnessing this? And uh, just uh, picture the uh, Jordan River is right here in front as the priests enter. And the people now pass over on dry ground. Uh, I guarantee you they would look in that wall of water is building up as they're passing through. And they're seeing that wall of water, and I think maybe some fish would swim right up there to the edge, and they'd wave at them amen, as they pass through. And they pass through on dry ground, and, and then the waters below uh, went away. Two and a half million people, all the, all the animals, God took them through on dry ground. Again, a miracle that God worked. Uh, see, by following the ark, by stepping forward in faith, they witnessed the miracle of God. 
You see, this is where many people miss the promised land. This is why sometimes many just exist as a Christian. See, what God will do is God will bring you sometimes to the Jordan River. And God will tell you, now it's time to step in. And many people will look at that, but Lord, the waters are overflowed. There's no way. God said, just step in. Just take me at my word. Just step forward. And as you step forward, then God works the miracle. God parts the water. And God leads you into that perfect will of his. There comes that point. You simply obey even when you don't understand. See, it's our obedience to God that leads toward the promised land. Now, look back at verse number 10. In verse number 10, And Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites. God said, uh, as you pass through the Jordan River, uh, that miracle is going to give you the grace and the strength to know that the living God is with you and the living God is going to fight your battles. The living God is going to defeat all of those enemies that are in that promised land for you. And that's what God will do. God parts the water, leads you through, and God gives that as an assurance of those future victories in the battle that God's going to win. And there are some neat lessons that we're going to learn in some of the battles. Now, here's a simple preview for us tonight. <coughs> some of the steps to the promised land. Come to the edge of the Jordan. If you know something to be the will of God, put yourself in the path of that will. I think back to Evan Roberts. Uh, he wanted the power of God upon his life. He knew that was the will of God for his life. And a deacon had assured Evan, you want the power of God, you put yourself in the place where that power can be gained. Be faithful to church. Put yourself in that path. Put yourself at the edge of the Jordan River. You know it to be the will of God. And follow the word of God and the spirit of God. Be obedient to this book right here. Make this book the book of your life. This is the guide. Make this book the one that goes before you. Sanctify yourselves. Confess known sin. Uh, repent of that sin. Be willing at all costs to be right with God. And then the point comes, step into the waters as God directs you. Just step forward by faith and let God part the water for you. Let's bow our heads tonight, every head bowed, and every eye closed this evening. Maybe there's something particular that God is dealing with your life. God leads us a step at a time. Maybe there is something that God put upon your heart, uh, some step that God is asking of you. Uh, perhaps you've been saved, but you need to step into the water and obey your Lord in baptism. There may be somebody that God is calling into ministry. And you know that God wants to use you. You're not quite sure how. But you know God has a plan for your life. And God would just say to you, just step forward. Step into the water and commit yourself to that, to that plan. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. And I thank you, Lord, 